country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit, who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no, not with chains. Because he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and chains had been plucked and sunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. Why, the next two words is so sad. And always, boy, if just, if just God had left always out, if he had just put some of the time, but notice, and always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs crying and cutting himself with stones. But when he saw Jesus afar off, wow, he ran and worshipped him and cried with a loud voice and said, I just love this. What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me, torment me not. I don't know how you read that. This man's full of demons. And them demons is worshiping. Why you read that? Them demons is worshiping. You can stiffen your leg and say, I'll never bow. But even demons bowed and worshiped him. And he said unto him, Come out of this man. Out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, what is thy name? And he answered, saying, my name is Legion, for we are many. And he besought him that him much that he would not send them away into other country. And now there was nigh to the mountains a great herd of swine feeding. And all the devils besought him, saying, well, they're unified, ain't they? Send us into the swine that we may not may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave. I like that. They couldn't even leave until Jesus said, Okay, you can go. And the unclean spirit went out and entered into the swine. And the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. There were about 2,000 and were choked in the sea. Last week we looked at Jesus, master of our storms. Today let's look at Jesus, the master of the spiritual realm. Let's pray. Neil, how about leading this throne of grace? Amen. You can be seated. I'm glad that last week we saw these storms. Storms were no problem for the Savior. He was master of our storms. Now, I thank God that He is. Well, today I'm glad that He's also master of the spiritual realm. Today we take a trip to the cemetery and we watch as one of the most hopeless circumstances 
If you can read anything into this, you can almost re- immediately read in, he's in an impossible situation. The Bible is very clear that no man could do anything with him. And yet when Jesus comes on the scene, he's master of the spiritual realm. Let's look at this thing briefly. First, we see the man and his defilement. And there came over into the other side of the sea, into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. I mean immediately. I got a hunch that when any ship landed, that this demon-possessed man came running out of the caves to meet those that come on shore. Could you imagine that sight? We're told he had an unclean spirit, which simply means defiled, disgusting, contaminated, vulgar, offensive. He don't have just, he's just not the home of a foul spirit, but he's possessed by a legion. A legion range from 2,000 to 6,000 men. There's a good idea because he went into 2,000 swine that this man had 2,000 demons in one man. Drove the pigs crazy. Could you imagine what it was like being in this one man? Bible says uh, that his, my name is Legion, for we are many. Now, we read this story and we, we immediately say, well, it's a good story in the Bible, and I believe it, but we fail to understand that we live in a world when so many times men are much the same way. It's hid good. I believe we, I believe we cloak it in, in, in a lot of different terminology. But I believe there's the same spiritual battles that raged in the heart of this man, rage in the heart of men today. And they're very defiled, very defiled. John 8, 44 says, Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, abode not in truth, because there is no truth in him. Who speaketh the lies of speaketh of his own, for he's a liar and the father of it. That's what the Bible says. He was. We see the defilement of this man, but we see the depravity of this man who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, not with change. There's two words there that give us a great hint of where this man was. One was the tombs. He lived with the dead people. He, he was comfortable around the dead. May I say we live in the world today that are very comfortable with those that are dead in their trespasses and in their sins. We, we live in a world that are very, they're very comfortable living in the darkness and not in the light. Tomb speaks of death, and, and in those days, people were not buried in the ground as a per se. They were, 
They were placed in tombs on the hillside and bodies were placed there. And this is where this demon-possessed man actually lived. Those decaying corpses every day. Chains are instruments that bind someone. The Bible says he could not be bound. And uh, we, we see this. I told the men this morning, and I'll show it again, for I truly believe it. We watch much news. You watch much uh, newscasting. You'll begin to, to understand we lived, we're, we're living in the very the, the privacy of men is so evident in everything you see. That's the reason you have the violence. That's the reason you have the, the, the chaos that you have is the depravity of mankind. Men without God is depraved. Man without God is depraved and lives in depravity. Which simply says this. He's got his jails, his prison, his institutions, his asylums. Man can push his pills, his potions, his psychology. But man acts the way he does because he's depraved and he's a sinner. John 3, 19 said, And this is a condemnation that light is coming to the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. Lost people choose sin over the Savior because they're like this man. man he's depraved. We see his depravity. And we see the depravity of mankind every time we turn on the news. Every time we turn on the news, we see the depravity of mankind. But not only that, we see his defilement, his depravity, but we see his desperation. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs crying and cutting himself with stones. Picture this. He's in them tombs, and he's filthy and dirty. He's naked. He's got dried blood on his hands and his legs where he's Cutting himself. He's crying day and night. What a miserable, desperate place this man is. He screams and yells in torment. We don't know why he's cutting himself. Maybe the demons are compelling him to do that. Oh, he loves the darkness. And there's only one cure for this man's condition. He don't need a pill. He don't need a psychiatrist, a priest, or a program. This man needs Jesus. The antidote for the poison of sin is Jesus. Is Jesus. 
we see this man. He's in a desperate place. Can you just see him? He's just, he's desperate. In town, people are talking. Do you know that crazy man that lives up there in the tombs? Hi, youngins. Stay away from the tombs. Crazy man's up there. They're fearful. They're, he, and he's in a desperate way. Oh, may we learn to see that people in sin are in a desperate way. They're in a desperate condition. Oh, they may not be to this extent. They may live in a nice home. They may make money. They may have a six-figure income. They may have the, light, the nicest clothes. But without Jesus, they're just like this man. Oh, God, help us to understand. Without Jesus, regardless of your status in life, regardless of where you're at, without Jesus, you're just as depraved as this, as this man was. Not only the man, but I see the master. Boy, this is challenging. We see the master's compassion. And when he saw Jesus afar off, no doubt this man had listened intently as ships would come into shore. And he would watch as people embarked off the ship. And he would prepare and run to either attack them or hurt them or, or, or instill fear into them. But whatever the reason, he would run out. But when he saw Jesus, question, time out, how did he know that was Jesus? Who told this man that was Jesus? How did he know it was Jesus? Jesus didn't have a sign on his head flashing, I'm Jesus. Let me just say this. You don't have to wear a big old button that says, I love Jesus. If you love Jesus, everybody will know it. If you're a genuine Christian, you love the Lord, may I say the people on your job, people at work, people at home, people around you will know you love Jesus and you don't have to have a shiny button on. I walked in a fish camp the other day and got in there getting some fish. I said, I'm waiting on it. One went to the counter. She turned around. She said, are you a preacher? I said, yes, ma'am. She said, the girl behind the counter said, was whispering to her, said, I think he's a preacher. I know there's a big old sign on my head that goes, preacher, 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 just, just flashing for everybody's sake. I'm not ashamed to be a preacher. I'm glad she recognized I was a preacher. But more than that, I want them to recognize I'm a Christian. I want to recognize by my demeanor. I don't want them to look at me and say, my God, what they've got to kill them. I don't want what they have. I want them to look at me and say, whatever he's got, I want. I want a piece of that. I want a little bit of that. But it's starting to notice the master's compassion. Everyone that lived around this man feared this man. They would avoid anywhere he was close. And they would flee in terror when they saw him coming. Children were made to beware of this crazy man. 
This man came to town, walked in a restaurant, everybody got up and left. This man could, could clean a room faster than a pastor can clear a, a room at the hospital. And trust me, that's fast. Hello, I'm Pastor Jerry Stein from Stonewall Baptist Church. Well, we, we got to go down to canteen, honey. We'll see you later. We are, I can empty your room in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. Everyone avoided this man. Everybody run from this man. Everybody did what you do. When you see somebody that you don't want to talk to, you run in the opposite direction. Everybody avoided this man. But Jesus didn't avoid this man. Jesus made a special trip across the sea, braved the storm simply to deliver a man gripped with sin. Do you understand this? You say, well, Jesus, I'm just here by accident. I just happen to be here today. Not with Jesus. Not with Jesus. I'm going to blow your mind now. Before you was ever born, Jesus knew that you would sit here this morning. Wow. And he comes today and says, I've come by just for you. Well, I've got to turn over a new leaf. No. He knows you can't turn over a new leaf until you accept him. I'm going to live. You can never live it. Till you've trusted him. He knows that where you're at. You say, he doesn't understand where I'm at. He knows exactly where you're at. Hey, dear Christian, if you love the darkness more than you love the light, he's come by your way just for you to tell you, get in the light. Get in the light. Same day was evening, Jesus said unto them, let us pass over to the other side. What's he going to the other side for? Because there's a demon, wild, crazy man over there that's possessed with a legion of demons. But Jesus had compassion. Jesus cared about the condition he was in. And Jesus moved to do something about it. Aren't you glad? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Forgive me. I forgot. You've done decided that somebody is absolutely a hopeless situation. You've done decided that this person, I mean, they've done so much. They're so far that even God can't reach them. Do you realize? There is no hopeless situation with God. There's no hopeless cases with God. I I mean, I'm praying for some of you. And sometimes I wonder a little bit, just to be honest. But then I'm reminded that I serve a God that can reach anybody, anywhere, anytime he wants to. And he'll make the trip to meet you where you're at. 
My. See, Jesus sees people a lot different than what we see them. We see a drunk. Jesus says, oh no, I see a deacon. We, we, we see, we see a drug addict. God says, oh no, 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 no. I don't see a drug addict there. I see a preacher. We see a harlot. And oh no, no, Jesus, I see a choir member. You say, do you believe it? I, I know that to be true. I don't just believe it. I know it's true. He took a cussing fisherman, called him to preach. I mean, he denied God, cussed him. He got him, restored him, put him on the back of a Chevrolet pickup, and he preached to 3,000 souls. It wasn't a Ford because the Ford wouldn't hold him. <laughs> Got to get my legs in when I can. <laughs> that for the comment about my charger the other day. <laughs> Stand somebody, Matthew's going to go get my charger. And Neil had, to, you know, he said this. He said, well, send two or three with him to push it off. <laughs> I thought myself, he, he just forgets. I have a pulpit every week. I love it. I love it. See, give Jesus a scheming, scheming, golly man like Jacob and God will make an Israel out of him. Give Jesus a Simon cussing fisherman and he'll give you Simon Peter, a mighty preacher. Give Jesus a Saul persecuting, hating the church, attacking the church, and he'll give you a great apostle to the Gentile. You give yourself to Jesus, and you'll be amazed at what he'll do for you. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things come new. We see the Master's compassion. We see the Master's confrontation. This man ran from everybody else. But now he ran right to the Lord and fell to his feet. They did not fall before Jesus just to be fallen. They fell to acknowledge his deity. These demons cried with a loud voice and said, What have we to do with thee? Again, who told them? Who told them? Jesus, thou son of the most high God. How do they know? They're demons. How do they know? He's the most high God. Because they know. They know who He is. I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. They said, are you come, are you come to get us now? Their bowing in subjection was the fact they acknowledged His deity. 
they said, Lord, don't command us to go out in the deep. And Jesus said, there's a bunch of swine up there. They said, let's, let's go in them swine. Which tells me demons has got to have a body of some sort. And so, you're talking about having deviled ham, amen. 2,000 of them were off the hill. And they sent him, and give leave. I love that. Jesus has to give permission. He's master of the spiritual world. Oh, oh God. How I wish we could get a hold of this. That he's master. Will we make him master or not? He's still master. He be master of our life if we let him. We see, they recognize his authority. Then the master gave him command. Then notice the miracle. Jesus said unto him, they gave the pass to Jesus and, and see him that was possessed with devils and had the legion sitting, that had the legion sitting and clothed in his right mind and they were afraid. We see the man, we see the master, but then we see the miracle. He was changed by Jesus. Now I want everybody to look at me now for just a moment. And we better get serious about this business if we're not already. If I ask the question, how many of you know beyond a shadow of a doubt Jesus Christ is your Savior most likely every hand would go up. I want to ask you a question. Has it changed you? Has it changed you? I'm a little concerned about a salvation that then changes you. I'm, not, I'm searching and searching, but I'm not finding, I'm not finding a, a salvation that does not change people. How's it changing you? Has it changed you? Are you different? Well, I, I went to the altar, but has it changed you? Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. Salvation ought to change us. It'll, it'll, it'll produce something in us that says we're different. We're different. When I was growing up, our terminology, I don't think it's terminology now, but the terminology when I was a teenager was that if you was odd, you was called square. How many understand that terminology? I'm glad I'm not alone. All right. I think I think it's still better than terminology today. It says, well, we're cool. Well, what's that mean? You, you need a coat? <laughs> you know? Or whatever, or whatever they, they term they use. But we were square. And in reality, if you're a Christian, you ought to be a square in this world. After all, squares don't fit in round worlds. And God builds a city that's four square that will fit right in. Are you changed? This man was changed. And they came to Jesus. They heard the swine 
ran down the hill and the people that was watching the swine run into town said, you got to come and see what's at my God. All your pigs running to see and drowned themselves. God, come see this man. And they came to Jesus and seeing him that was possessed with devils and had the legion sitting in clothing in his right mind and they were afraid. Jesus did three things for this man. And I, I'm honest with you. I believe it's three things that I would do for everyone that's here. First of all, it changed him. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things pass away. Behold, all things become new. He changed him. Second, he clothed him. I believe Christians put clothes on. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, you can mark it everywhere in the Bible when God saves someone and put clothes on. When Christians get right with God, they want to put clothes on. Peter's backslid on that fishing boat. John said, it's the Lord. And the next statement, then Peter put on his coat because he was naked. He was clothed. He wasn't running around naked no more. And then... Not only clothed him, but he calmed him. When we're in our right mind, spiritually, physically, mentally, he changed him from the inside out. He was changed. He was committed. When Jesus did a work, on Sunday night, Jesus didn't wonder if he'd be in church. He never gave Jesus reasons why he couldn't be faithful. He never, he never said a word why he wasn't there. He was committed. You know why? Because Jesus had done something for him. And they began to pray to depart out of their coast. And when he came into the ship, he that be, had been possessed with the demons prayed him that he might be with him. He didn't say, can I go with you? He said, I want to be with you. There's, some, there's a lot of difference. He didn't say, I just want to go. He said, no, I want to be where you're at. I want to be where you're at. Let me be honest with you folks. I believe this with all my heart. I believe we've truly been born again. We want to be where Jesus is meeting. We want to be there. I love church. Not because I'm a pastor. I just love church. I like being here. And when you don't like being here, then you ought to check up. Where's your heart? Where's your heart? My. Then he was commissioned. Notice it. When God changed him, when he was committed, I pray, I talked this morning for some, for our men in Sunday school. I wish some of you men had been here. You need to hear it. When he was changed and he was committed, then God commissioned him. See, the commission didn't come first. The commission come last. Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, Go home to thy friends, and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee, and hath, hath had compassion on thee. And he departed and began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus has, had done for him. And all men did marvel. This man, he was, he was, he was changed, he was committed, and then 
Jesus said, I want you to go back and tell everybody what Jesus has done for you. And you know what? He did just exactly that thing. He moved in the entire city. He literally moved in the entire city because he was commissioned. This morning, he's master in the spiritual realm. May we make him master of our spiritual lives. If demons can be subject to him, then how much more, how much more should you and I that are saved, washed in the blood, born again, ought to be committed and commissioned by holy God of glory? Let's all stand to our feet.